Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A fierce debate about Bojangles and Popeyes broke out yesterday. And we gave our AP, Rachel, some homework. She completed the assignment. Rachel, Popeyes biscuits are the truth, right? Leading question, counselor. I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes either. I did like Bojangles a little bit more. They were fluffier. They were fluffier, Bojangles. Were they as salty, though, and amazing and buttery and melt in your mouth? See, I don't necessarily just want, like, salt with my biscuit. So I felt like the Popeye's biscuit was very salty. What? And And not as fluffy. I like flavor, but I'd rather it not just be salt. I want, like... All right, so let, let me jump in here, counselor. Um, and Rachel, we like everyone. It's it's. There's no right or wrong answer here, yes, right? Is. It, it is your opinion. Nope. Uh, of course, <laughs> unless you're Amber Wilson. I was talking to my younger brother Kevin today, uh, and he has a phenomenal philosophy. And he, this dude, lives has lived in Antarctica, South Africa, Sitka, Alaska. And when he got back to the mainland, one of the first things he did when he got home to the great state of Louisiana as a boot boy, the first place he went, Popeye's, to get a biscuit. And he crushed like four of them. He has a theory, because again, he's lived all over this country. Uh, You know, Montana, Wyoming, you name it, he's now in Asheville, North Carolina. He he believes, and with all of his heart, that the further you get from Louisiana, the Popeye's biscuit, and it kind of tinkers off a little bit hmm. and the closer you get to louisiana the better it is i feel like i could get behind that being only to one popeyes ever in my life but i will still take the pepsi challenge and put the popeyes biscuit over bojangles i've had both any day of the week in my focus group of one there you go i was eight years old when i learned that popeyes was in fact a louisiana thing I never really thought about the origin of Popeyes. I do think of it, of course, as a Southern thing. Maybe in Connecticut, they just don't know what they're doing there. I also would like to say, I posted a photo on Instagram, and I have never gotten more comments on what I did wrong in my life than that I chose the wrong meal to judge Popeyes by. Oh, I even have people in my DMs. I mean, I Renee DM'd me and said a rookie move by Rachel that she went for the macaroni and cheese at Popeyes. I just would oh, like to yeah. say, no. wait, 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 hold on, hold on, Rachel, hang on, hang on, hold on. Let me get a twenty. You got the mac and cheese at Popeyes? Yes, because I get the mac and cheese at Bojangles. So to be able oh, to compare the two, no, you no, have to get no. the same thing, right? Wrong Isn't that how that again. should work? Wrong again. That's, that sounds. That's no, the right way to no, do things. No, Jamie. No. Nobody told her to get the mac and cheese, or no. even frankly, the chicken. Ian and I. Yeah. You go to Popeyes. In my opinion, the red beans and rice should be on the list as well. But fine, that's not on Ian's I'm a snob. list. My red beans it's and rice is better than anybody's in America. You show up. You go through the drive-through. You get a dozen biscuits. You keep it. Moving. That's it. That's it. Why, why are we supposed to take any kind of food advice from you, Amber? Though I have why? not had a Popeyes biscuit in twenty years. Yeah, that's like two decades. You haven't had anything fried. But they used to be fired. Be a, a part salad. Of, 
be a part of Amber and Ian Nation on the Dr. Pepper call line. Call us, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, you the one the that crust. fans deserve. You don't even eat the crust on a pizza. Uh, I you don't, scrape well, the toppings but off. But I mean, like, I have eaten the crust of a pizza before. <laughs> Look, bottom line is we're going to go college football playoff committee here. I mean, what Rachel has done by ordering the mac and cheese is it would be like putting Alabama ahead of Texas, even though Texas beat Alabama head to head. That's what happened mm-hmm. there, and no, I think that, that I think that kind of you know just kind of diluted the, the the taste buds and therefore took away from the quality of the biscuit because the mac and cheese at Popeyes, well, frankly, sucks. So there you go. Well, she didn't have a clear palate. Exactly. I so ate the biscuit first, know? just so you guys know. Clear uh, palate. All right, never <laughs> Because mind I didn't want anything to tamper with the results. Got I'm just saying, veteran. they Good weren't job. fluffy. All right, all right, oh. here we go. Pepsi challenge done. She went with uh, Bojangles. Oh. I get it. All right. She completed That's the assignment. It. There you she go. She did Good her job. homework. Hopefully she wrote off uh, that meal from Popeye's. Let's talk about what's happening here, though, with Michigan. We spent a lot of time on it yesterday. If you missed anything, including Rachel yesterday about Popeye's, you can go ahead and check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But the Michigan story, we now know that Michigan has responded to another day, another update here on the sign-stealing scandal. And now they're awaiting some sort of punishment that we expect to be levied by the Big Ten, Ian. And this thing took a comical turn today. Now, we'll touch on Pete Thamel's report coming up in a moment on the serious side. But on the comical side, Connor Stallions, the Wall Street Journal uncovered, had some company that he was allegedly involved with, some guy named Connor O'Day or OD, and Blake Corum, All-American running back from Michigan, called BC2 Housing LLC, based out of Wyoming. And what did this company do? Sold vacuums. And Connor Stallions was given an eviction notice at his apartment from his HOA in Ann Arbor because he had all these used vacuums stacked up on his porch. And he was essentially running this business, this side hustle, out of his apartment. Used vacuums. Blake Corum was posed the question by, to, from reporters. And he said, no, I know what you're talking about. Uh, the first time I heard about it, I was walking out to practice today. And first of all, I have no business with him. I don't have any businesses with Connor or anything like that. But I'm glad whomever found it, whoever was searching the web and was able to find it, I really appreciate you. Thank you. My attorneys are on it. We'll definitely get that figured out right away and get my name taken off, whatever it is. That's not something I'm into. Vacuums aren't my thing, end quote. (laughs) That's the funniest part of the whole Play Corum portion of this is where he says vacuums are my, my thing. thing. You That's his defense. You can't, you can't make this thing up. It's a it's a very weird story. So he's saying that he didn't know that he had no business relationship with Connor Stallions. That he didn't know that his name was on documents filed for this company that you just said, that BC2 Housing LLC. <laughs> the initial filing was made back in March of 2022. The address listed on those business filings was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and it was Quorum's name, uh, plus Connor Stallion's name, and I believe one other individual name that was on those uh, business documents. So. I know I've gotten to know Blake Corum over the last couple of years and, and and there's zero chance he's involved in this in my opinion. He Just wrote another I'm young a, man. He ain't no way. The clean quote, I'm a clean person, but I'm not a cleaner. <laughs> Vacuums aren't my thing. 
I don't know anything about that. That's Blake, right? That that is Blake Corum. I mean, this this whole thing has, <sighs> and there is a very serious side to it because I do believe that Jim Harbaugh is going to be suspended by the Big Ten. Amber's got tears right now; she's laughing so hard. I mean, so how Blake Corum gets dragged into this is is remarkable, and that, that quote is is an all timer. Vacuums aren't my thing. Only I, Connor I, Stallions in Michigan could could have this aspect, this this exit off the interstate, you know, actually pop up. Only Connor Stallions, Harbaugh, and Michigan. That's it. At the same time, why are why is his name on the LLC document? Then, if he truly has no relationship with Connor Stallions, and there's a whole obvious NIL component to this as well, right? Where now we are dealing with this with college kids, and it's a whole new world. And this whole new world that Michigan is facing right now, where oh by the way, they do play Penn State on Saturday as they're awaiting some sort of punishment here from the Big Ten after they just filed their response to the allegations presented to them by the Big Ten and also filed papers with the Big Ten saying that schools like Purdue and Ohio State were stealing their signs and showing and sharing their signs amongst each other. So there has been a lot of twists and turns. Pete Thamel, ESPN College Football Insider, was on the 6 p.m. Sports Center. He said that the Big Ten's disciplinary actions could come down any minute. The scene is now set for the Big Ten to potentially discipline Michigan in the Connor Stallions spy-stealing allegations. Obviously, Michigan's been under NCAA investigation for about the past three weeks, and now the Big Ten, under purview of its sportsmanship rules, is expected to make a ruling sometime in the upcoming days on whether or not Michigan violated the league's sportsmanship policy. Uh, Michigan returning notice uh, or or responding, I guess, to to the notice of discipline that the Big Ten gave was the final step. And now the ball is in the Big Ten's court. Commissioner Tony Petiti is is expected to render some type of decision in the next 48 hours. The most likely outcome, as we've reported here for about a week, is a suspension for Coach Jim Harbaugh. The length of that and what that looks like, whether it's only games or whether he's suspended from the building for an extended period of time, those are some details that we should find out in the upcoming days. So we might have answers here in the next 48 hours, according to Pete Thamel. There's zero doubt in my mind. Right. We would assume that Jim Harbaugh is going to suffer some some sort of suspension here. But the question, of course, is going to be how long? When does it go into effect? Is it immediately? So then he's back for the end of the season. Lots of us, lots of things to still figure out uh, as we move forward with the Michigan sign stealing scandal. But at least we know Blake Corum, he's out on vacuums. He's not a vacuum cleaner kind of guy. (laughs) Coming up next, fines in the NFL are out of control. According to one future Hall of Famer, we'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. 
and boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Here on Amber and Ian, you can find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Ian, I heard something interesting today on the Pat McAfee show that I haven't really heard people making much of a deal out of. And J.J. Watt was on the Pat McAfee show today, and he's been really loud about this on social media. So McAfee brought it up to him about the fine system right now in the NFL. And there's a whole lot of players being fined a whole lot of money for plays that are not flagged at the time of the game. They're not penalties. They're not things that the official notices during the game. But then after the fact, the NFL goes back. They watch this game film. Of course, they slow it all the way down and they decide – Player X lowered his shoulder two inches too low. Bada bing, bada boom. There's 25 grand out of your bank account. And these guys are made of money, sure. But nobody's made of money where they feel like losing $20,000 in one minute. And by the way, some of these guys with their contracts, it's amounting to entire game checks. So it's a really interesting thing that, of course, players are starting to be loud about. Now, actual current players can't be loud about it because that would be more fines. So now the former players are starting to take up this cause like J.J. Watt, the former Texans. D-end was on the Pat McAfee show. Here's the sound. I'm just sick of it. Like, I've been on the other end of these fines. I've gotten some of these fines, and there's some of them that have been legit. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's definitely plays that legitimately I understand why they're fining and why we're trying to get some of those things out of the game. But what's happening now, these plays that we're fining guys for, and we're taking tens of thousands of dollars out of their pockets because of routine football plays, things that happen throughout the Mm -hmm. course of the game, it is mind-blowing to me. And I know that these guys can't really say anything because if they speak up now, they're going to get fined for speaking up about it. But it's annoying it is frustrating and obviously there's got to be a reason behind it either there's posturing for the next cba so that they can say okay if you want to take those fines away you give us this or it's they want people to say we want this game to be more violent so they want to be able to say hey we tried to stop the violence we tried to stop the ct we tried to stop this but you guys said you didn't like that so i don't know what the reasoning is behind it or why it's ticking up all of a sudden but it is out of control this year I've talked to several NFL assistant coaches about it, not a head coach, but assistants, and they're furious also. And I'm going to give you a great example of what J.J. Watt was talking about today on the Pat McAfee Show. Jalen Warren, rookie running back, Pittsburgh Steelers. Week two, I remember watching this and then seeing like on Tuesday or Wednesday that he was fined $48,000 $48,333. Let's be very exact here. 48333 bucks for a hit that he took around left end as a running back and goes up the left boundary. And instead of going out of bounds, what does he do? Like every good running back should, that is a, as a physical nature like he does, turns upfield, puts his shoulder into the chest plate of a defender coming to try and knock the ever-loving snot out of him. And he got the better of it, gains another three or four yards, and then gets taken out of bounds. 
for what I just described, shoulder into chest plate, gains four more yards for his team in a sport that is violent at its core, he was fined $48,000 and change. You know what he makes on a game check? Right around $50,000. After taxes, that means he had to pay to play in a game. It's insane. And it's it, insane. A, and, and a hit that wasn't flagged Not during flagged. the game and was 1 million percent legal from the time they were playing in leather helmets to right now. Why he was fined, I have no earthly idea. And he was fined again for another hit, which was him picking up a blitz. And he was fined a second time. A bit a blitz pickup where he doesn't lower his head, just knocks the air of snot out of the, the blitzing linebacker. And he got fined for it. Why? I mean, I am in step with J.J. Watt on this to the nth degree. And you know who else is? Guys like Jalen Warren, who's making, look, the sound, it is a lot of money to you and I. You know, he's making around eight hundred fifty grand on the year. But in that particular, how would you like to go to work? Grind it out. The next day, you're in an ice tub because your body just feels like you've been hit by a car by about 18 times. And you know what? Your boss calls you and says, you know what? You left a sippy cup out, so guess what? Or your, your, your dip cup or whatever it may be. Um, we're going to find you uh, your entire salary and then some, even though you worked nine hours yesterday. But you, guess what? You don't get a check for it. As a matter of fact, you owe us money. Right. That is essentially what happened to Jalen Warren of the Steelers, Amber. If you don't do everything perfect every time, then you owe us money. I mean, it would be frustrating even for those of us whose jobs aren't physically demanding, right? I mean, you and I Hell yes. Here, if we, I, the other day, quite famously said the word sex instead of the word six. <laughs> I was trying to say the phone number here at ESPN. Can you imagine if that day the bosses were like, nope, now you owe us money. Right. Now you're paying give us, us your, to have worked that day. Give us your game check. Give us your game check because of the slip there that you made. And that's essentially what's happening to a lot of these NFL players. Through week eight, the NFL had already fined players over $3.2 million this season alone. We are now through halfway through this season. We are talking millions and millions and millions of dollars in fines. So, yes, these guys also make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. But we are talking about really, really heavy fines that impact even the lives, of course, of those guys. And nobody wants to lose money. So even these things that are ten grand a pop, I mean, that's 10000 American dollars gone in one second because your shoulder is too low by an inch. It's remarkable what we've seen. And so now the Players Association is starting to get angry, given the Players Association agreed to this fine system, by the way. And there is some trans. Transparency. We find out now about the fines. We don't find out if the appeals are successful when the fines have been appealed. There's some minutia to this that we still don't find out about. But J.C. Treader, the NFLPA president, he's been frustrated. He said just this season a player was fined more than $87,000 for an illegal use of a helmet. The player's coach had previously reached out to the league for guidance on how to properly execute the technique that his player had been previously fined for. He received no answer after receiving this fine. More than his 
entire weekly paycheck, not a game check, a weekly paycheck. The player appealed to the neutral hearing officer who rescinded the entire amount and deemed that there was no actual violation of the rules. So that's the PA's position is that they are saying that players are being fined for things that aren't even violating the rules and significant fines. Entire week's worth of pay. Yeah, Jalen Warren game check. I mean, he actually... Again, after taxes, he had to pay to play in a game. Second year running back at Oklahoma State, and he is a physical football player. It's not in his nature to go out of bounds. All he did was plant that left foot, put his shoulder right into a, into a defender's chest, gained another four yards, and then got carried out of bounds. And he gets fined for, a, a again, a play that was not flagged on the field. It was a perfectly legal play. Violent does not mean illegal. Violent does not mean finable. Violent in football a lot of times means great play. It's a violent game at its core, and J.J. Watt is 1 million percent spot on. And I promise you this, Amber, if Jalen Warren's appeal is not overturned, he'll let us know about it. He probably will. And shout out to J.J. Watt for taking this up because you've got to have the former players, the former famous players, the future Hall of Famers making a lot of noise for the current players because the current players can't do it. Deontay Johnson's fine for criticizing the NFL. They can't make a stink out of it or to result in less money for those guys. Coming up next, we have officially put the Belichick or Brady discussion to bed. We hope once and for all. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Is this the end of Bill Belichick in New England? We'll dive into that coming up in just a moment right here on Amber and Ian here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as we are presented in part by Progressive Insurance with Amber Wilson on me and Fitzsimmons. Time to get into when it comes to the NFL. Are the Bengals a legit contender yet again for a Super Bowl? Dan Orlovsky will give you that answer. We'll hear from Matt Eberflus, head coach of the Bears, and we'll dive into that topic that is now growing across the country. Is this the end for Bill Belichick in New England? Let's get the sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Amber and Ian. We're getting Amber Wilson's uh, technical bugs worked out. Gremlins. I heard bed bugs right now are a big problem over in Paris. Don't go to Paris right now because they're bed bugs. They'll get you, eat you alive like gremlins. 
Let's go to James Steele here with Sound On, Sound Off. James, what do we got? Yeah, so uh, the Bengals obviously got a big win over the Bills on Sunday night. It was their fourth straight win. They started the season one and three. We were all wondering about Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, now they seem like they're back on track. Here's Dan Orlovsky where they stand in the AFC North. Best chance to make the Super Bowl run is that team okay. in my eyes still. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it was so important to get 3-3 three and three to the bye. You saw last week they built their offense through Jamar Chase, and then it was, well, if you're going to double Jamar, we'll hurt you with Higgins or Boyd away. Their defense is fantastic. Their defense is fantastic, and the receivers are getting that feel for Lamar back. Deshaun, I thought, had moments of his best game last week. Their defense is fantastic. They have T.J. Watt. So all four of them are very good, but if I had to pick one, I'm banking on Cincinnati because of the quarterback. All right. I think we have Amber back. We got you back there. I am back. All right. Great. Hey! Que pasa, Sinarita? All right. So, Amber, that was Dan Orlovsky on the Bengals in the AFC North. So, what do you think? Are the Bengals the best team in the AFC North? Are they the best team in the AFC North? I thought you were going to ask me if they're the best team in the AFC because some people are willing to put the Bengals in that conversation. I am going to give you my top five AFC rankings in just a little bit here on Amber and Ian, so I don't want to reveal too much. But what I will say about Cincinnati is that whole starting off slow thing that they do every single season we know how it ends up looking towards the end of the season and this feels like business as usual for Cincinnati in that regard Joe Burrow was clearly not right again another season at the beginning of the season he clearly wasn't healthy he is healthy now that cast seems to be no problem now T Higgins has reasserted himself they are clicking on all cylinders the rest of this schedule is a murderer's row though Ian so it's not easy sledding here for Cincinnati moving forward however I think that they are a very, very, very strong team. I'm going to go to the Baltimore Ravens. When you look at point differential around the league, they are plus 115. Meaning they've scored more than 115 points than they have given up. The second best in the NFL is at plus 80, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Detroit just beat the ever-loving snot out of not one but two division leaders in the NFC in Detroit, and that's a very good Detroit team, and also Seattle. So I think right now, the way Todd Monken, his offense, and Lamar Jackson are finally starting to click, and the way that Baltimore Ravens defense is stalking prey, I would still go Baltimore right now is the best team in the AFC North. All right, up next, the Patriots. Not great. They're 2-7 and seven this year. Yeah. Just not a good football team. Uh, do you think that we have uh, made the decision on whether it's whether Belichick or Brady was the – Catalyst for all their success for two decades. Are we here, Greeny? Here's Mike. Here's Mike Greenberg. Oh, now here we go. Earlier today, the Patriot way of Bill Belichick is also the Patriot way of Bill O'Brien, Charlie Weiss, Romeo Crennel, Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge. The one thing they all have in common is they are terrible head coaches. Why? When one wonders about the Patriot way today, maybe one just wants to write a twelve on the board. It is starting to feel increasingly like that. Now, I'm never going to be one who's going to take credit away from Bill. I think he is an outstanding coach. But with every passing day, it becomes harder and harder to avoid what appears to be the case, that the Patriots were about Brady first and foremost, and then everything else. So, Ian, have we answered the age-old question, Belichick or Brady, once and for all? 
I would say yes, an emphatic yes, as a matter of fact, because I was one of those guys who was going, man, it should be 50-50. But the further removed we are from Tom Brady being there and him winning another chip in Tampa and looking what Belichick did, especially last year, just ruining Mac Jones after an all-pro rookie campaign where he took, where he helped get the Patriots to the playoffs, then you you hire a special teams coach and a defensive coordinator from your family tree to come back and call offensive plays? Moronic. But everyone gave Bill a pass on that. Now they're starting to go, wait a minute. Two wins. Two, you, Bill Parcells, his mentor, said, Amber, you are what your record says you are. And right now, Bill Belichick and the Patriots are a two-win team. Without Tom, damn how the bottom has fallen out, and this might be the end for Bill Belichick in New England after this season. But it's not the end yet. And it may not be the end of Bill Belichick's career, even if it is the end of his career in New England. And so until it's the true end of the Bill Belichick story, I guess the whole Brady-Belichick thing theoretically lives on. If it's done now, then it was done when Brady won that Super Bowl in Tampa, which frankly, I was already willing to have it done back then. But if you wanted to keep that conversation going until this point, then we need to let Bill finish out the story. Because if he ends up going, so if he goes to Los Angeles after this, and he's got Justin Herbert as his quarterback, and he wins a Super Bowl as a head coach of the Chargers, all of a sudden it's going to be, well, it's not just Brady. It's just that Mac Jones wasn't good enough, or they just didn't have enough. You still have to have some pieces, but he's still an excellent coach. What I thought was funny about that clip, by the way, was the fact that Greeny said he doesn't want to take any credit away from Bill Belichick, and that he's an excellent coach, and then went on to eviscerate take, him. Take credit away? <laughs> just that just went on to take credit away. And it's like, it's like when you say with all due respect, fl- right? Yes. But there's no respect coming after you say with all due respect. Right. Right. All right. So uh, tomorrow night we have an absolute barn burner of a Thursday night game. No oh, offense in the Panthers. E- easy now. The one in seven Panthers. Easy now. Against easy the two in seven Bears. I said no offense. So now I can say whatever I want. And then uh, when you say uh, no offense, it's kind of like with all due respect. All offense due respect, is coming. No offense. Right. I there can say go. whatever I want now. Uh, so just an excellent, uh, awesome matchup on Thursday night football. Uh, but we'll, uh, not sure if we're going to see Justin Fields. He's been injured for the past few weeks with a broken thumb. Well, maybe we'll see him. Maybe we won't. Let's uh, see what Matt Eberflus has to say about it. Matt medically cleared to go right now, and uh, he's getting better, though. Accuracy's improving. He's throwing it better, and you know he's starting to do more and more and more. So uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. And right now we're listening to him as doubtful, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. If he's not medically cleared, well, how come doubtful versus out? Yeah, just to see. we got to give him one more day. Give him one more day. But he's, uh, he's working hard, and uh, it's getting better every day. So we'll see where it goes. He's not playing. Yeah, he's not playing. All right, so he went from doubtful to out in a matter of <laughs> Hold seconds. Hold on a minute. That really, was that not just a, a was, clip in there? No, 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 it was no, 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 spliced was, together, but it was the same press uh, conference. Okay. I, no, that was, that was a series of questions. Wow. No, 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 no. That was edited together, wasn't it? No. That was not Stop. edited together. That was edited. To, Matt Eberflus did not go within yeah, the he, same when, series. Of, within correct. two seconds, he went from he's listed as doubtful to give him another day, but he's not playing. Correct. Why is it so hard to get there? Wow. What? Wow. All right, that's a whole other conversation, right? I mean, what I mean, is he that's a whole other conversation. Oh. But like, little bro needs a second win. So, hey, go Panthers. And if, does kinda, he? Does, I mean, it, uh, you can't have this conversation, but like, 
he needs in a second wind win theoretically speaking and yes we're going to obviously be rooting for your brother but also are the bears keeping justin fields out uh, there's another yeah that's another angle because but the bears have the panthers first overall the, their pick so either way, oh, that's the true. Bears either win. way, they're good. They're solid. Yeah, the Panthers don't need to lose because they don't have their pick either way. The Bears, but the Bears are still in a better position. The Bears are in a win-win, a lose-lose, win, the rare lose-lose, win-win situation. <laughs> if they lose, they win. If they, if they win, they win. Yes. If they are giving up already on Justin Fields, then that's a problem. I think that guy has the potential to be a heck of a quarterback, but he's had awful coaching so far in his very short NFL campaign. There will be takers. There will oh, be hell takers yeah. yes, for ma'am. talent. Yes, there ma'am. All right, one more real quick. Uh, I guess Dylan Brooks hasn't learned uh, to oh, trash well. talk, not trash talk LeBron James. Ready to lock him up. Um, been shooting the ball well. He's been playing well, so I'm just there to uh, make him tired, uh, make him get into that you know fourth quarter early. The Rockets <laughs> host the Lakers tonight uh, at eight o'clock. Um, so, is, what, what's what's it's the deal with this Dylan this Brooks point, guy? Ian? Right, like it's a bit at this point. It's a bit. You're he talked the bear, but you know you're making headlines. At, like at this point, I feel like Dylan Brooks is just. Fully embracing the pseudo villain role, but you're not really being a villain because you know now at this point it's just absurdity. Yeah, here comes a thirty plus burger with all the fixings from uh, from LeBron James and Dylan Brooks talked his way out of Memphis and he might be doing the same thing in Houston. By the way, Lakers are four point favorite. I like the Rockets plus four tonight. And then LeBron like praised Dylan Brooks. Oh yeah, there was that angle to this story saying that he's worthy of Rockets deal. So I, I don't know what's going on between these two guys now. At this point, I feel like. Now they're just doing it for show. Now it's hard to take seriously. When he first poked the bear, it was fun. Eh, now, now, yeah, it now, feels like a now, now it feels like a scripted reality show. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Amber Wilson and Ian Fitzsimmons, will I find a way to put my Dolphins in the top five AFC East or AFC team? AFC East. Goodness, they better be there. Uh, AFC yeah, I think they're probably teams. in the top five AFC East teams. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the nod there, James. Appreciate you. Then more on that next. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Ian Fitzsimmons, hanging out with you at Ian Fitz ESPN. That's how you find him at Amber W Sports. That's how you find me. You can also join the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN. And maybe you'll want to after you hear my list. We're going to do our midseason, so to speak, power rankings in the NFL. I'm going to give my list of top five AFC teams a little later in the show. Ian, it will tackle the NFC for you. But let's first see if I can start some arguments with the AFC. Let's get to it. This is The List. You know what? You just made The List. The List with Amber and Ian. Number five. Number five, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a team that I feel like quietly almost has lost just two games so far this season. It felt like they started off a little slower than maybe people even anticipated. And I don't feel like people, frankly, are talking about this team very, very much. And I think it's that one and two start. And now, ever since then, they just keep rattling off wins, Ian. Now this Jags team looks like, frankly, we expected this Jags team to look 
when we came into this season, Doug Peterson coaches his tail off. That defense leads the entire NFL in takeaways per game. The problem with the Jags is they're not necessarily excellent in any one category. Numerically, a lot of the categories, they are mid, so to speak, in the NFL. You know, 18th here, 17th here when you're pulling all of the advanced stats. Nevertheless, overall, a very solid team that just keeps rolling. So, They are sitting at five for me. I'm going to run through these and then let you react. Number four. Four, my Miami Dolphins. Okay, now I thought about putting them number one just to make James insane, which frankly would have been funnier from a content perspective. However, I'm not even going to put the Dolphins number one right now coming off of that loss to Kansas City. I will say this, though, about the best offense in the NFL in Miami. If you are going to be contained at any point under 300 yards, then let it be against the Kansas City Chiefs. Let it be against the Buffalo Bills. Let it be against the Philadelphia Eagles, because there's not actually any shame here in losing on the road to the best teams in the NFL, which is what the Dolphins have done. And oh, by the way, when they played all those other games that, yes, the teams are the losing records, but they're winning in an average of 39 points, I believe it is, per game for those other games. So it's not like they're just taking care of business against the little guy. They are steamrolling the little guy. I mentioned their offensively. Best offense in the NFL, yada, yada, yada. Defensively, there's some issues, although, frankly, I was impressed at times how that defense played, even in Germany, even against Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey did not look like themselves. That is a credit to the Dolphins' defense. It's a good Dolphins team. They're sitting at four. Number three. See, I could have I gone on for, like, the entire segment about the Dolphins. James, you should be proud of me. That's gross. Number so three. <laughs> Number three. <laughs> All right, Matlack. Fine. Not fine. I'll move on. Number three is the Cincinnati Bengals. I didn't want to give too much away earlier when we were talking about where the Bengals rank in their division. The thing is with the Bengals is they did it again. They dug themselves in a hole early in the season. But at this point with Cincinnati, they are a rolling. Obviously with T. Higgins and now with Joe Burrow looking as healthy as Joe Burrow can look. They aren't just beating teams, but they're demolishing good teams as well. It is another turnaround for Cincinnati, but turning around things has been the story of Cincinnati season in and seizing out. There is huge contributions from basically everyone on this team, and now the defense is holding firm as well. This is a very dangerous team moving forward. It's a dangerous schedule for Cincinnati moving forward, as I mentioned, but it is a dangerous Cincinnati Bengals team that's getting hot at the right time. Number two. Number two on my list is number one on a lot of people's list, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, that new look offense. I see James already nodding his head yes, because I think he knows that means maybe for number one. Everyone calm down. The point is, though, with Baltimore, they lead the NFL in points allowed. They rank second in yards per game allowed, third in sack percentage, Anytime you rack up four sacks and hold a quality opponent to six first downs and three points, you have dominated the game. They gave up 24 points to Arizona in week eight, but have allowed only 45 points combined in the other five games since week three. 
They have had their struggles this season, but boy, do they not look like they're struggling overall now. We knew that Lamar Jackson was going to take a minute to adjust to that new offense. That offense looks very exciting there for Todd Munkin. The Ravens are a very, very good team. And it makes sense that a lot of people, frankly, feel like the Ravens right now are the best team in the entire conference, nevertheless the best team in their division. But in terms of the conference, I give that nod to... Number one. The team that just beat my Miami Dolphins in the Kansas City Chiefs. And of course, James is giving the round of applause. Kansas City doesn't look flawless. Patrick Mahomes was not flawless by any means the last two weeks that I have watched him play. And yet that Kansas City defense was still able to do things to that Miami offense that have rarely been seen this season because I do genuinely believe in that Miami offense. That has everything to do with why I will still put my uh, Kansas City at the top. What's funny is there is so much parity at this point in the season. Yep. There's a very strong argument, I think, to be made about any of my top three in in terms of being the best team in the AFC. Maybe there's Jags fans even out there screaming from the mountaintops, Ian, that they should be number one. But for me, it is the Chiefs until we are given notice. Otherwise, I'm not going to unseat the champs. Not yet. Uh, I I have a very similar – my top three are are the exact same in the AFC as yours. It's just in a a little bit different order. I've I've got Cincinnati at three, Kansas City at two, and Baltimore at one. And James is shaking his head. I mean, don't get all Betty Crocker because yeah, that means you're you're still right there in the AFC Championship game if the, if the, if we were playing it right now, in my opinion. Um, and then you got a shot to go get a Lombardi again. But I had Cleveland at five because that defense. I mean, they're just bludgeoning people right now. The Jags at four, then Cincy, Casey, and Baltimore, and your fish at six. Wow, which means you're you're a playoff team, so you, you can get all upset also. But you know, you got to. It's it's like the Dallas Cowboys right now when it comes to playoff time with Miami. You you got to beat somebody of substance, and the Dallas I mean, Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, and the the Dallas Cowboys. I don't care what they do in the regular season. When the stage is grandest, lights shining on them, they wilt. And until they find a way to not have to blow a game in the end, and we'll get to the NFC in the next hour. But Miami, like you brought up that 39 you know, points per game average against the teams you've beaten. Well, one part of that's a 70-20 to 20 bludgeoning of a pathetic Denver team. You beat the Chargers by one score, the Patriots by one score. I say you like you were on the field. I mean, I you know, like and, I and, it's, and to say again, that you're not in the top five, and you're still a playoff team. And, when you, and it's like Bill Parcells famously said, once you're in the postseason, you got a shot. So you're still in, but right now at the midway point, I'd have Cleveland, Jacksonville, Cincy, KC, Baltimore. The Dolphins are six and zero and averaging thirty nine points per game in those in those wins. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's incredibly it's incredibly in impressive. And it, this idea she that want to say that she's not, this she's idea that, that you part. have to this idea that you have to beat the Technical good teams by week nine or week ten of the NFL season, like you don't actually have to. If, if the Dolphins, by the way, beat all the bad teams from here on out. You're talking about an incredibly impressive team that's going to be at the top of its division in the postseason. Yeah. You don't actually have to beat the other good teams on the Dolphins' schedule until you get to a postseason. Then you have to beat the best teams in the NFL. Right now, they can stand to lose to the very, very best teams in the NFL, which is the only teams, frankly, they've lost to. But I did not have them at the top of this list, so everybody calm down. I do think that they deserve to be in the top five. I had Cleveland as six. That's on my outside looking in. Yeah, so we're I just have- flip-flopping one spot. It's not that big a deal i'd have yeah i'd have the browns there 